Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. We are going through the book of Hebrews. And we are now arrived at Hebrews chapter 12. And Apostle Paul wrote this book of Hebrews. is going to begin to give some more exhortation. Let's read it. And as we read, you take your book, you take your Bible and open chapter 12 of Hebrews. And as we read, I will stop at some verses and give some explanation. We will even refer to other Bible verses as we explain. Wherefore, chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Why was he starting this chapter 12 by that? Because in chapter 11, he just told us about the heroes of faith. All of these people, you see, the, the letters were not divided into chapters and verses. It was actually into it was actually divided into it was actually divided for us by the people that compacted this into that so that we can use it for reference so here in the Hebrew chapter 12 he said we are foreseen we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses who are this cloud of witnesses all these people that are heroes of faith that he has described in chapter 11 that they did well, they had they were they had a good report of their faith. But he said he said in the last verses of chapter eleven that they all have this obtained a good report through faith, but they did not receive the promise. The promise of the new heaven and new earth, the promise of the rest, the, the millennial rest, they didn't receive it yet, they are still waiting for it. The promise that God has promised mankind is that we are going to inherit this heart, and we only those who work with God and please God. And the righteous they are the ones that are going to be resurrected to inherit this planet again forever that is the promise for human race these people walk with god they die for their faith many give these signs and wonders but they all are gone to to their reward waiting in paradise and they have not received the promise yet and apostle paul this yesterday god has been provided some better thing for us and they without us should not be made perfect at the end of the world we are going to be perfected to become sons of god like our Jesus Christ. That is the perfection he was talking about. These people that we say they are great heroes of faith, they have not been perfected. But at this end of the world, God is perfecting the sins, and then they're going to be everybody reports back to inherit this millennium, to inherit this kingdom of God that is coming the new heaven and the new earth. So that's what I say. Now we also see that we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. They are telling us that we made it, we made it, we stand firm. It's now left for you and I that are running the race to stand firm. So that's why he's giving us so let us run with patience the race that is set before us because all these elders have gone they, are, they can look down if god allowed them to see what's going on in the world to see how we are also running the race and they will shine us up that keep fighting the battle keep race keep running the race keep believing don't give up don't give in and they are shining us up even though we cannot see it but they are you cannot hear them but they are shining us up they are like the, they are like on the stadium seeing the runners running in the olympic People that the stadium will be shooting for them. Run, run, run. So that is what this cloud of witnesses are doing for us in heaven when they see how we are running the race and fighting power with the devil. And the devil is defeated. We are just to hold the fort. We are like the one that are the occupying forces to enforce the law that Christ has already given. He has already given us the victory. We are to enforce it on that. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That is whom we should be looking unto. Lord Jesus Christ, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, he said we should be looking unto Jesus, seeing his example, to follow that example. He endured the cross. Look at the glow that was said before him. He endured that cross that he was going to become when he, after the cross, was going to inherit all things. And that's what we should also look at as well. No matter what you are going through, that could cause pain, affliction, death, physical death, which you just keep looking at. At the end of it all, we are going to enter into that glory where we are going to be clothed with light and be glowing from, we are glowing like a logical glow. And that's how you guys is right now. You can appear in the form of a ball of light and disappear. And he's the Lord of all. And he's going to make us to have that, he's going to give us that same type of glory. And we shall glow like that. So we should keep our eyes on that and don't, and, don't, and, and endure whatever we are going through right now. Despising the shame also like our Lord Jesus Christ did. Now he's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But still say, I'm reading Hebrews chapter 12, now in verse 6, For consider him, Christ, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your mind. Remember how the Lord Jesus suffered? And he refused to say anything when they were slapping him around him before in the, in the judgment and before the high priest. He said, Professor, who slapped you? He blindfolded him. Professor, who slapped you? Making mockery of him when he kept it cool. That's why he said he, he endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. So we see, we should consider ourselves that we are not going to be fainting in our mind, more weary. When we are persecuted, when we are suffering, when we look like God does sometimes look like God has not answered any prayer, look like what we are waiting for has not manifest. So don't be weary. See how logical how he look like why? Where is your God now? He's like slapping him around, he spit upon him. Where is your God? See? Don't be weary, don't faint, because you look like God has not answered. You look like God is far away. You see, God is not far away. You know whom you have followed. Just old farm to it. Past four says. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So that's why I said, don't faint or weary. We have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Even right now in Nigeria, many people are already being, being killed for their faith. Many are being uh, persecuted for their faith. In many places right now, they are killing the, the, false, the false religionists, the Islamic jihadists, are killing the Christians. Some of them are being beheaded by ISIS. In Iraq, and those that were in the news, see, that is now shedding blood for the faith they believe in. But you stand firm to the end, and God said, I will give you a crown of life. That was happening in the days of the apostles. Eh? In the days of the apostles, Christ warned them in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, where he told them that the, the, the enemy, the devil, will persecute many of them, shall be tried for 10 days. He said, 10 days. So, but you faithful today is what he promised them in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Let's read that to you into the church of uh, let's see in that chapter two where I was talking to the which church again. Let's see the, the church of the, remember therefore that's that's uh, let's read this chapter verse nine and ten. Of Revelation chapter 2, verse 19. He said, Verse 10 said, Fear none of this, those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. 
that was the promise to the believers that were to be persecuted in the in the church of Smyrna. He said, "Be faithful unto them, and I will give you a crown of life." And that is for everyone that will be persecuted and killed for the for their faith. Be faithful unto them, and I will give you a crown of life. Okay, God will come manifest and show signs and wonders like He did for Daniel, that they throw him in the lion den, but God didn't allow the lion to eat. Or like He did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He threw them in the funny forest, but God appeared and the funny fire does not affect them. Occasionally, God will manifest His power like that to demonstrate. But others, you allow them to pass through that dying and they might die in the, in, the, in, the, in the fire or in the by the lion. And that happened in the days of apostles and can still happen in Nigeria. That's why many are bearded and we saw them bearded in, 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 by ISIS. And many churches were being burned by some of these extreme jihadists. God is saying, Be faithful to that. Just stand firm, confessing Christ to the end. You have a reward. So I will give you a crown of life. Because too much tribulation which I enter into the kingdom of God. So that's what this letter is telling us that we should. Stand firm. Verse 5, you go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. When you say, You have not resisted unto blood, striving against him. Even if you have to resist on the blood, keep resisting. Verse 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. There could be some chastening, there may be some rebuking, but don't despise it. For whom the Lord loveth is chastening. And scorched every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, they are aware of all our partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Now, there is a time for chastening, which is different from time of trial of persecution. But they are all similar because chastening is not going to be comfortable. If you do something wrong and then your father is punishing you, that will be chastening. But if you didn't do anything wrong and the enemy came against you, persecuting you, like the, the apostles were arrested in Rome because they did something wrong, they were telling the truth. And they were arrested in Rome, begin to be persecuted and saying the, the emperor said this prison should be wiped out because they, they don't believe they don't believe what they are preaching. So that is persecution. That is not chastening. See? But it's lumping them together like chastening is not comfortable. Persecution also is not comfortable, but stand firm to the end. That's what he's saying here. Whether it is chastening by God or persecution by the enemy, we are standing firm on denying Christ. But if the chastening, if you be chastised, God is treating you as sons. And chastening is because you did something wrong. Or you are, then God can allow allow the, the chastisement. Verse 9 says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. Correcting us. And we gave them reference. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? So he's still talking about chastening. That God is chastening us, correcting us, making us sons, and guiding us to mature manhood. Because when we are mature manhood, because you think of the Lord Jesus Christ suffering and the cross, it's not a chastening. That's not chastening. If there's any chastening to be done, it has to be while he was still preparing before he entered his, his, his ministry. All of us going through chastening because we did something wrong, that's not persecution. That's not trial of, uh, of our faith, that's just chastening. But now, trial of faith can come after the chastening, after you are now allowed, God allowed the able to try Job. The trial of Job was not a chastening, it was 
persecution by the devil. The same way, when the Lord Jesus Christ was now arrested and being crucified, that was not chastened. That was for a purpose of God. It was persecution by the enemy. And that's what the apostles also went through. They were all persecuted. The, many of them were killed in Rome. And many were in prison. That's what Jesus Christ told the church of Smyrna. That generation that for 10 days, this symbolized 10 years. The devil was raging, caressing people and, and uh, killing many of them in the, in the generation of the Spina church. That actually is a dispensary rather than just a church city in Spina that 10 years, the city is the only one that has been persecuted. That 10 years would have been not just for the city of Spina, it would have been all, all around the Roman Empire that persecution was going on. Just because the 10 years, it's a generational thing that God told them in the book of the chapter 2. Generation after generation, that different things that will happen to the church believers. Generation of Spina was when that happened for 10 years, and it happened over and over again. Persecution with that power it started, that God warned them, Stand, be fit from today, and give you a crown of life. Now, let's go on in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are reading, and we are talking about the fathers when they chasing us, which is not for. It may not be pleasant, but it's for our, of our good. Verse 9. Verse 10 says, For they very little as our earthly father, for a few days they chasing us after their own pleasure, but God, he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. That's why God will chasing us so that we can be partakers of his holiness. That's why God will chasing us. He brings us to be like him. Verse 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Whether we are being chastened by our earthly father is not joyous. It is to make us think, to say that why am I being chastened? Because I did something wrong, then correct us, I don't do something wrong. The same thing when God is chastening us because we did something wrong, then he corrects us. Verse 2 says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down. And the feeble knees, I mean, start up yourself, lift up yourself from being hanging down I mean, don't be sad or sober for any system that comes your way. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame is be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. That we have to make our way straight, is what he's saying, and so that we don't have to be thrown out of the way. Verse 14. It's going to begin to give some exhortation. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with all men, seeking for peace and holiness. We have to be holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15. Say, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. He mentioned. Bitterness, that don't allow bitterness. What is bitterness? Something, somebody offended you and you have not forgiven and you are holding it. You, may, you think time will erase it. Time does not erase it until you settle it with the person. Because it looks like time has erased you. think that you have forgotten because it happened two years ago, three years ago. But when something happened again, like the person, the same person did something, it will bring back that bitterness. It's like a wound that is opened up again. And that is why God wants you to get rid of that bitterness. Don't let it be staying there in your heart. That a little word, a little mishap again, blows it up again. You are bringing the error that somebody did to you. 
10 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 years ago, you bring it back and it's going to amplify what you have just done now that is small. And that's why bitterness will spring up and she says trouble, you are many are defied. What do you mean? Many defied. Because you are going to be telling everybody, you did something two years ago. Oh, you did that. Now you have you defied that person. He's now thinking you will be the person. You did that something five years ago. So <gasps> you did that. Now you have defied all the people that you are telling. That's defilement because you are making them hate these people. You are making them be angry against this person that they didn't know anything about. So that is defiling other people. He said that if you let bitterness spring up, it will defile other people. So that's what he's saying. And we kept be careful, don't allow bitterness. So less any root of bitterness, if you don't cut it off, it will spring up sometime later and trouble you. It will trouble you and trouble other people that you are defiling. Verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of me soul is right. Now go back to look at the story of Esau. They don't be profane. Profane people they don't care. They don't care about anything. They just think life is just what you can see now. No, life is not just what you can see now. There are some invisible things. If you are profane, means you don't care about anything else other than what you can see with your eyes. Then you will be thinking there's nothing after life. You'll be thinking there's nothing after death. You'll be thinking only what you can see physically. Like people that are amassing money for themselves and forgetting about where do you go from here? The fear of God. Because if you die, you go to hell if you are stealing money and you don't think of the future. The future you are thinking of, you think when you die. You, die, you can die within, within any time. And when that happens, you are, you are right there before the judgment. So it's not like when, it's when you grow old, you have to think of it's going to be 40, 40, 50 years old, it's going to be 50 years to come, or 70 years to come, or 80 years to come. When people are dying by accident, people are dying by uh, murder, or people are being killed. So that, so don't think of the future as if it is still way individual people want to live the way they think they want to live right now in, in ungodliness. Don't think the future is so far away. The future is when the person dies. It could happen anytime. So that's why you want to not be profane like Esau. What is profanity of Esau? He doesn't care about the future. The man, his brother said, sell me your birthright. What is birthright? I will be the first one. You will be the second boss. Second one if, you, if I give you this one, you, you switch. And he doesn't think that makes no, no, no difference to him. Don't say no difference. Don't say this one doesn't matter. That's being profane. That's what he's saying. He said, for a morsel of food, he's ready to sell his birthright just for satisfying himself now. Okay, you become the firstborn, I'll be second son. He doesn't know that there's a repercussion for that. He never think for the future. Because then when it comes to the time to give the real blessing for the firstborn, he couldn't receive it. Because he already sold it to his brother. Even if he went and received it, that blessing will not hold upon him. Don't you know that's a spiritual thing, blessing somebody, that's a spiritual thing. Even if, even if the boy didn't trick his father to get it, his Jacob. if that was not reversed like that, he will not receive that blessing even though it was pronounced upon his head. Why? Because he already sold it to somebody else. This is a spiritual thing. That's why you don't be profane. Don't think it doesn't matter. Be careful of how you treat life. Life is not just what you can see physically. There are invisible things in the spiritual world that's controlling the physical world. That is why he said, lest you be any profane like Esau, who for one morsel of me sold his birthright. Verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 12. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. 
but he found no place of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears. Now tears won't do it now. It's too late. He has already sold it. Verse 18 says, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched. Now he's telling us some things that we must remember we are spiritual beings. And this is how he's going to tell us. So we have come, we that are believers, we have not come to a mountain, physical mountain that can be touched, that you can say, oh, this is the Mount Sinai, and are born with fire, now unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that had entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. But they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. That is, he was describing what happened in the Masada when God visited them and there was a cloud and thunder and who was scared. He said, That was physical. Those are physical. God tried to manifest some physical manifestation that trembled, that terrified them. He said, Well, we are not following some physical manifestation like that. We are following the spirits. And it's going to tell us who, what we are what we have come out to now. So what we have come out to is better than that Mount Sinai experience. It's much better than the Mount Sinai experience. That's what it's trying to tell us here. That the whole day went before Mount Sinai, they saw the mountain, they touched this mountain, fire, morning, and blackness, and darkness, and trumpets, and so on. And people thought that was great. No, that was nothing. That's what it said. It was nothing. God did that for a temporary thing. Said, but we have come to something greater, something better. And that's what he's going to begin to tell us in verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai, that was in Arabia. Mount Zion, not even Mount Zion, that is a Mount Zion in the, in the Canaan land. This is spiritual Mount Zion in heaven. And unto the city of the living God, that's where we have come to now. We are to come to a spirit, spiritual things, not physical things. We are come unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. See, now he's talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. That's where we have come to by faith. We are walking with the angels. By faith we have come unto heavenly Jerusalem. By faith we have come unto Mount Zion, not Mount Zion on earth, not Mount Sinai on earth, but Mount Zion in heaven. And he said, unto an innumerable company of angels. We have well fellowshiping with angels. You can see them. Sometimes you may we go to to say, but they are around us in the spirit. Like the story of uh, Elisha the prophet, when he's it's a servant gets there. We are, we are, so we are, we are in trouble. The Syrian army has already seen God opened his eyes. And when God opened the eyes of Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the prophet, he saw chariots of fire and horsemen of fire surrounding, surrounding Elisha, the prophet, at his, at his command. They would go and, and do, and, and, and do justice. And he said, well, they are even more with us than with them. That's what he said. He said, we are, for we are we have come to the an innumerable company of angels. Whether you see them or not, they are surrounding my house. Angels are in fact there was a vision where I saw angels surrounding my house. They are all the houses are surrounding my house, and they are on top of those roofs of those houses who are angels standing there, washing my house. They surrounded the they were on top of because my house is the house of prayer, and that's what your house will be also. And that's what they say. We are come to an innumerable company of angels. Verse 20 said to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, that's what we have come to, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. 
So he said, we have come onto something better than Mount Sinai where there was fire and cloud and people will still look at that and say, wow, wow, wow. He said, well, forget about that. We have followed the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. And we are following the innumerable company. We have come to the innumerable company of angels. We have come to the city of God himself in the spirit. And that's what he said. He said, have come to the new Jerusalem, to Mount Zion in heaven. See, not Mount Sinai on, of, of, of Saudi Arabia. We have come to Mount Zion in heaven. And, to, and it's by faith now. Because the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are not just here or not. In the spirit, in, the, in, the, in our faith, you have to believe that we are actually with Christ in heavenly places. That's why the Bible says that God has raised us up together with Christ in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. God has raised us up together with Christ and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are seated in heaven. Yeah, we are by faith seated in heaven with Christ. And that's how you should believe. And when you believe that, exercise your faith with humility. And it will be so. Whatever you decree, that's why Christ said, whatever you decree on that, it will be done in heaven because he is above and before. And we are seated inside him by faith. So that's what Apostle, this Apostle, Apostle Paul in the book, the book, of, the book of you will say. That we have come to the, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaking better things than that of Abel. The blood of Abel was crying for vengeance, but the blood of Jesus Christ is pardoning the whole world. It's better than vengeance. Also. Verse uh, 25, he continues, exhortation says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refuse him that speak on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice on earth then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. So he's telling us that don't refuse him that is speaking. God is talking to us from heaven. On that, when he came to us, he talked to, to Moses. They can say, I want them to hear a voice coming from the clouds. They will know that God spoke to him. And the Hebrews are still thinking of that. Oh, God spoke to Moses because they are limited to the physical. God spoke to Moses, so we know God. We don't know about this Christ, Jesus, Christ. But we know that what He brought is better than that of Moses. That's what this Hebrew is telling us. God spoke to Moses, and said, "Don't, don't refuse Him that is speaking from heaven now." But He says, "And this word yet once more signified the removing of those things that are shaking, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain." Wherefore. We receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reference and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. So it's telling us to come to God with reference and godly fear because we have come unto Mount Zion of God. This is a spiritual thing. This is a spiritual thing. We have come unto Mount Zion of God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And he said, don't refuse him that is speaking from heaven. When he speak or not, it was terrifying. How much now he's speaking from heaven because Christ went back to heaven and he's speaking to us through us. And we are sitting in him, in every place inside him. And he's saying that he's going, now this time he's going to shake heaven and earth, not just earth, but heaven also. The last time he's coming down, he said, the heaven will also be shaking. So we are to, we are going to receive a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace. At least let us keep believing God and asking for grace to continue grace to continue grace to stand firm is what he's saying let us have grace whereby we may serve god acceptably with reference and godly fear that will be referencing god and fear god fear his word and tremble at his word the loving him 
I'm following him. Let's stand firm to the end, no matter what comes our way. We are standing firm, confessing Christ is our Lord. For our God is a consuming fire. That was the last verse of the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Our God is a consuming fire. But to us, we are his children. He loves us so much. We are going to be part of him. But to the world, that consuming fire is going to destroy the world and the unbelievers. Because there will be a lake of fire for them that do not believe God in the end. The same fire that is going to clothe us with, that is going to make us glow like light. When, when it's done with us, we are going to be glowing like light. But the same fire is going to, going to destroy the unbeliever that do not believe they are going to the lake of fire. Think about it. And God loves you. And we are praying that you, you that listen to this thing, you are blessed for believing. And that you continue to believe to the end because this thing is true. And we are just to walk with him and be in Christ so that we can inherit these promises of God. We continue in the next chapter. God bless you.